0: <laughs> Hello, everybody, on the first non-live stream version of Bruise and Tunes, I am excited to be here tonight. It is still, and finally, the last, sorry, I say finally because, like, I want you out of here, but I don't, that's not true at all, the last Jay in May, because, of course, we don't have any more May after this, so we're happy to have Jay Miglia back with us tonight, and it's interesting because we're going to talk about the idea of live streaming, yet this is the first show that we're not live streaming <laughs> Was it planned? I don't know. We'll see. We'll see.
1: But uh,
0: our other guest with us tonight is my really, really good friend that I met in, in college, and that is Mr. Lane Champa. Lane Champa, the Director of Marketing at New Albany Symphony. Lane, welcome. How are you?
2: Doing well. Thank you. Thanks for having me join.
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. And I say that you're the Director of Marketing at New Albany Symphony, but really, you have like 400 titles all across Central Ohio, and it's awesome. So... (laughs) <laughs> Most people who are listening probably know you from many different ways. And I think that's awesome because you are a, an amazing musician and a great teacher too. So we're happy to have you with us tonight. So guys, this, is, this, hey. might, this might be a first. This might be a first. We're going to get to the, the next segment of our show. Before we do that, we are sponsored by the great Zaftig Brewing Company in Worthington, Ohio, and also in their uh, Italian village location where you can get tasty food and beer at the same time. It's awesome. But I'm excited to announce... <laughs> that tomorrow, May 29th, Zaftig is opening up their tap room again. They are, of course, socially distant, but you can now enjoy their food and drink inside their location, so make sure you head on over and check that out. So, folks, it is time to review what we are drinking tonight. And for the first time on this show, all three of us, probably, I don't know, I haven't checked in with Jay, this is gonna be real interesting real quick, are drinking, quite possibly, the same beer. Tonight, I am drinking the Juicy Lucy (laughs) <laughs> from Zaftig, uh, very fantastic, fantastic IPA. It's got hints of fruit in it, just like it says, Juicy Lucy. And uh, it is my favorite beer. It is my uh, first beer that I ever had at Zaftig. And Lane, am I correct in saying that you're also drinking this tonight?
2: I am actually. This is only my second Juicy Lucy ever though. So I'm a little bit of a Juicy Lucy novice, but uh, it's it's coming, it's warming up. You know, uh, it tastes like it's summer. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I've got to dedicate myself a little more seriously.
0: I've got a whole gut that says I've dedicated myself seriously to this beer. I mean, I'm pretty sure since quarantine started, I've got a whole gut towards it. Jay, uh, do I do I notice that there's no beer with you tonight? Oh, no. no oh, he's not skipping out. That's right.
2: <laughs> hey, all three.
1: Man, it's go like for home. the week. But uh, they, they had this, they had We Heavy down at Wylands this week, and uh, I don't usually see it down there, and I haven't tried it, so. Yeah. Is it called We
0: Heavy? Is it that is, right? <laughs> yeah, it is We Heavy. It's their Scotch Ale. It's really, really good. Um, the Juicy Lucy is too hard to miss. It's too it's, hard to pass up. It's, so. it's really good. I've got to keep it stocked. That and Oberon. You were talking about Bell's Oberon the other day, uh-huh. and we just got a giant, well, I shouldn't say giant. This makes me sound <laughs> like I have a big gut. We got a mini keg of Oberon yeah. in our fridge right now, so. We're getting excited about that. Living in Delaware, there's this awesome place called Barley Hopsters. Shout out to Barley Hopsters. Um, they actually now <laughs> deliver to your house. So not only do I have to, yes. and it sounds bad because truly they're only five minutes down the street.
2: <laughs> I would
1: that five
0: minutes might be an overstatement uh, <laughs> yeah. as a resident of delaware
1: lane <laughs> <laughs> no, <It's>
0: <laughs> I've, I've, okay all right we're gonna stop talking about my beer drinking habit and get on to the next segment and introducing our next segment is jazzcolumbus.com jazzcolumbus.com is your headquarters for all sorts of things jazz and live music and i would tell you to start taking a look at that website even more because it's looking like More and more live music is coming back at you, and we're very, very excited about that. So, guys, it is time for us to dive into tonight's topic, which is live streaming. Now, I mentioned before the show really got kicked off that this is the first show. This is episode number seven. Um, If you're keeping track at Star Wars, it's A New Hope, or is that six? I can't really remember. We're going to pretend it's... I'm not
2: sure this is The New Hope, but maybe... (laughs)
1: This is the no hope. This is
2: the no hope episode.
1: Well,
0: It's funny because, again, this is the first show that's not technically live streamed um, this evening. And so uh, I made made that decision on a couple of reasons, but I'm curious if we even get to those throughout our discussion. So we'll see. I don't want to spoil the show before we get to them. But the first thing I want to talk about is, you know, obviously the world of COVID that we're living in, this coronavirus thing. Um, and how it kind of affects live gigs. Uh, so, so Lane, how about you? Have, have you had any live gigs in the past two months?
2: I've had one live gig that was um, a church service that was very spread out and we were all able to be in this large uh, auditorium kind of room and still record their church service virtually, but they had two strength players come in, me as one of them. Um, to be part of that. Um, and I've booked quite a few uh, gigs, but unfortunately I was supposed to be out of town during this time, so I haven't actually played on any of them, I've just like <laughs> hired friends to be on them. <laughs> so uh, that's been a good experience to work with all these people who are navigating transforming their, usually weddings, um, baby showers, et cetera, um, kind of transforming their version of that to fit something that's appropriate for right now. Um, and collaborating with people on how do they reduce their audience, how do they reduce the number of people attending their service and still Mm -hmm. make the music part meaningful and worthwhile. I've been really heartened to see that although it's tough economic times, most of these people have not said, we're not interested in live music anymore. They're all saying, we still want to hire a quartet. We still want to have so that's yeah. been a really fantastic response
0: I think that's awesome that you're on the inside job of, of hiring out to your friends too because not only do you see the hope but now you're you're giving the community of musicians hope as well by supplying them with a steady steady well I shouldn't say steady uh, some amount of gigs I'm sure it's not like it used to be Steadily <laughs>
2: intermittent yeah, <laughs> it, it's yeah. always happens but you never go in right. yeah and I've really heartened to see too a lot of uh, a lot of friends who have steady jobs teaching jobs or things that they're still being regularly available Employed for um reach out to me and say if I'd already booked them for something like oh give this to someone who is uh really experiencing a tough time right now awesome. and I don't to do it um and fortunately there haven't been I think the the crash in my immediate circle has not been anywhere near what was kind of expected. A lot of things have been maintained in a great way. Um, But it's been good to have people's honesty and good heartedness to kind of come to me and say, I don't need this gig, but somebody else probably does and to shift things around amongst ourselves. We're a good hearted bunch of gig musicians.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think that's, that's really inspiring for me personally. I, I counted the other day, I haven't played uh, live music for a gig of any type in 90s, six days from today. Uh, so it's been 96 days since I've played live. Now, part of that's because I didn't have any gigs lined up in March. I, they were all late March into April. But, um, yeah, my last gig was a Mardi Gras gig. Put that into perspective. Like, that's that's what's crazy. Mardi Gras yeah. seems like it was yesterday, and it, it wasn't. So, Jay, what about you? Have you had any uh, gigging options or any type to, to play?
1: No. <laughs> not, not a thing. Not since, like, the the the, the, mon- the first Monday in March, I think, was – I played with Weister's band on Monday night, and then Tuesday, you know, yeah, it seems like everything shut down that Tuesday, and I haven't had anything, and it's been just like cancellation after cancellation, just a wave of cancellations. So, yeah, the whole summer has been canceled. Now my Italian band isn't touring. The jazz isn't happening. The All jazz that, yeah. is not happening now. So. Mm see what happens in the fall um that's a very very little opportunity to play right. so right
0: yeah i can relate i was uh the last time i played with people not as a gig but the last time i played with people was the f- the first week of march and i was doing rehearsals for uh pit orchestra at hayes for chicago they were putting on chicago and i remember uh thursday i was driving um, to pick up reeds, nonetheless, because I was just, this is the best part. I had just run out of soprano sax reeds, and I was like, oh, I'll buy a new box, because I can use them, because the one time I have to play soprano sax is for this show, and I never have to play it again, but I'll drop money for that. That's fine. So I literally walk out of the store, and I turn my radio on, and there's Governor DeWine saying, everything is canceled for the next three weeks. And I was like,
1: oh. It's like when you, you wash your car and it rains, right? Yep, there it is. Same Same, mm-hmm. same, same principle. <laughs>
0: but you know i i think what's interesting and i'm so excited about the fact lane that you're talking about how other people are still getting something that there are there are opportunities they're not the same i think that's the big point of what we're going through is that you know you have you kind of have to be creative and how you approach your living and, and your uh you know professionalism as, as a professional musician and so i i have seen so many cool things on the internet of people becoming incredibly creative like um you know between the live streams between the uh you know people i think the coolest one that i've seen so far is people collaborating on albums so they'll actually record their album part into you know GarageBand or whatever they have that's accessible and then they'll export that to a sound engineer who will take like 30 of those and mix them down in their Mm -hmm. own computer and then send that out and i think that is insane that we live in a world where you can create and produce an album in your house With whatever microphone setup you have, and none of the microphones are the same, but you can still mix it down. So it sounds like everybody was in a studio. So I'm curious, uh, Lane, have you seen anything that's really kind of cool on the creative side of the internet and music and anything like that? Have you been involved with any of that with New Albany Symphony or... Of those things, yeah,
2: uh, a little bit of a different thing. We haven't done so many collaborations, at least through New Albany Symphony, um, in that way. Although, I think we're planning potentially something along those lines. But, um, shameless plug, one of the things that we've been working on, (laughs) if you were about to be surprised by the New Albany Symphony season. Anyway, uh, in the in the course of working on this, we've kind of found, and especially due to kind of a nonprofit budget size, um, not being able to work quite in those terms, but being able to put together and compile creations um, in a similar way. We've done some video series featuring different specific members of the orchestra to kind of zoom in and zoom out on the whole experience, um, and also do a little bit of a flashback. One of the series we did was called "My Favorite Nassau Concert," so I compiled a collection of videos. People talked about their old memories, their favorite moments, um, and different guests that we've had. And it was a really fun thing to put together and get everyone's uh, input on. But I've seen a lot of great things and some of the successful things, funny enough, uh, that are live performances in a way but that were not originally intended as such is uh, Met Opera. They have um, every, I think it's every night, you can see um, a different opera and they allow it for 24 hours free view on their website Um, and then the clock restarts the next day. They have a new one and there's times where they have audience engagement where you can go in and vote for your favorite of That's the cool. hundreds That's of operas in their cool. video catalog to see what's going to happen on Friday night, right. um, which I think is a great way to kind of monopolize on the limited resources you might have to create new content, but to present old content in a brand new way with right. um An element that makes it a little bit of a limited a limited commodity as far as an interesting concert experience and something you can enjoy from home or from your phone or whatever you have. Right
0: and talk about a marketing opportunity right there for people who don't normally take advantage of that genre of music um, to suddenly have all this free time that they have no idea what they're going to spend their time with to have that opportunity to be exposed to that and then hopefully the idea I'm, I'm sure is you know once once we get back from this world and we're back to being somewhat normal you'll gain more audience members coming to appreciate that. I think that's awesome. Jay, you took part uh, with the Columbus Jazz Orchestra and doing the Jazz Arts Group um, live stream shows that they did. I think you were in the first one that they ever did, which was with the saxophone family kind of doing that. Um, You know, what what was that like? Was it cool to finally see your friends that you hadn't seen in like two weeks, or,
1: (laughs) you know, make fun of them? We, there's a lot of good-natured ribbing of, of always with musicians right we have, we know how to bust we know how to bust chops pretty well yep so uh, you know yeah it it was it was great fun and i've 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 missed the you know that's I, one of the reasons i've really enjoyed doing these you know these meetings with you each week is just you know it's it's something i'm doing in the in this community of musicians you know cuz i'm not doing much at all so it's just it's just keeping me you know, it just give it. It's a little bit like you know, putting the paddles on. You know, restarts my heart every week. I'm kind you of know? with you.
0: I look forward to it every week because it's like, no offense to my lovely wife, I love her to death. But I finally get to see somebody that's not for every second. I love her. She's incredible. Shout out to my wife, Abby. Um,
1: but it's, but yeah, it's it's all good. And some people are doing some really, you know, they're really. They're really stepping up what they're trying to do. And like you said, like Lane said, like to build audiences, you know, and and to kind of create and maintain an audience and hopefully build an audience. Corey, you said that like the audience might build over this time when you're, when people are sort of like locked onto their screens. Right. So if you're giving them content that they enjoy and especially like that interactive idea, I thought that was really awesome.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, I, you know, you see so many people at home with nothing to do now yeah. is the perfect opportunity. We got to make the most out of what we got. And if we're stuck at home and we have no option, we have no option, but if yeah. you're growing your community, you're, you're impacting your community. You're doing something that's for more than yourself. You know, that's, that's kind of why I'm mm-hmm. really excited about that. Um, but there is a flip side to this and, and this is what gets me kind of interested in kind of, you know, what is live streaming and, and what can it be? And so there are so many pros about live streaming. You get to see your friends. Uh, you get to interact finally with hopefully more than yourself. Although there are a lot of people who are playing by themselves on the internet with backing tracks. Like if I, if I had stock, I would be buying it in, in backing track companies right now. Cause every musician's <coughs> trying to like karaoke tracks and all that. Like I'd, I'd be doing that. But um, you know, the pro is you get to, you get to continue working on your art form and get feedback directly from the internet. But the con is, is that really supporting musicians? You know, here we are and we're giving out, money and, and we're, we're trying to, or we're not giving out money. We're giving out free content, um, you know, that we work really hard on And in a normal world, we charge people for mm-hmm. that. So, you know, what are pros and cons lane? What, what do you think there are some, what, what are some pros and cons that you've seen during this?
2: Well, going back to the Met Opera thing, one of my favorite pros about all this is there's a lot of a price barrier for most people to attending a performance like that in real life. Um, Whether it's the cost of transportation, the cost of the physical ticket, the cost of quote-unquote appropriate clothing to attend a performance like that. It really takes completely the opportunity for that experience away from a lot of people. Whereas most people in America today don't view looking at their phone and watching a video on their phone as a out-of-reach experience. You can always do that or find someone who can help you do that. Um, so that's, I think, the biggest pro in my mind is like removing the class barrier from music. And I think it's something that we try to do live experiences, but we all fail at because we can't reconceptualize what the concert can be. And we have kind of these set... Uh, structures and formulas of well this is what it takes to create a concert and I think what we have to do is take all the components apart and bring it down to what really is a concert it's a one person and something they're enjoying and kind of rebuild the experience around those component parts and maybe bringing in things in a new way but we lose a lot of the experience of going to a concert in this digital format. And like you said, the, uh, I don't know, in marketing terms, you call it prestige pricing, but the idea that there's something elite about going to a concert or the whole idea of going to a performance in order to see others and be seen enjoying something cultural. Some of those kinds of concepts that really make concert going appealing for maybe not music lovers, but for active community members are completely erased in this kind of market where there's no incentive to watch something because no one can see that you've done it. Um, And so it's not as uh, it's not as critical in those people's minds to actually complete a performance or to be attentive while watching an online performance. Um, I think those are some of the biggest while we're navigating this. But I think we can. I mean, it's totally possible to create a new expected culture or an expected set of values around watching a concert in your home where I feel obligated to attend to certain mannerisms or ways of being while I'm watching, even if there's no one else in the room. Maybe I am always expected to have my phone away or maybe I'm always expected to dress a certain way or to be doing a certain thing while I'm watching the performance. and those are kind of things that we already do when we go to a concert in a different way. We have a set, a set of kind of expected values that happen mm-hmm. when everyone goes to a place. But uh, I think we can build those for an at-home concert viewing experience where people can really get a lot out of the performance without losing the cultural connectivity and the CNB scene of being at a concert. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, you know, Jay, you and I have talked several times throughout the show about the idea of musical culture and, and what it is to have culture in um, a musical setting and performance settings. <laughs> and I, I'm curious because for me, like, I think what Lane, you're hitting on is this idea of culture and how we need to kind of shape this new culture. Um, and that, you know, if, if we're going to have live stream performances, how do we interact with our audience members? How do we expect our audience members to act during performances? How does that work? Um, And Jay, you know, you've been a gigging musician for for a while uh, and you, you, I'm not calling you old, I promise. That's not what I'm
1: saying. (laughs) You don't have to.
0: (laughs) But you, you know, you've done a lot of performances and do you think it's possible to, to bring in the audience culture that we have at those shows? Let's say a CJO show. How do you, how do you think it's possible to ask that of families who are live streaming? Or do you think maybe we need to reshape our perception on how audience members
1: take our music? And I'm sorry, (laughs) I'm I'm so in the box, you know, I'm so deep inside this box, uh, in a groove so deep I could hang posters, you know, (laughs) so uh, it's, that's, that's a really, really big question. That's, that's a hard one for me. I think it's possible, but how, you know, it's, unfortunately for me, it comes down to monetizing the time, you know? How, the, how does it actually survive other than on the goodness of the people who want to provide content free of charge? Because that only I, goes so far. Know. After
0: after those pocketbooks fall through, they're yeah, not keep doing
1: that. It, musicians. You know, there are just going to be fewer and fewer of them. I don't know what I don't know what this means. I, I, I have trouble defining what it means and and how sustainable this this model is. We all want to do it. And to a certain extent, we're willing to give away content, but sooner or later, you know? I'm,
0: I'm with you on that. And I think that's a really good yeah. point. I think too, Jay, that that's kind of the difference between generational things. The kids now, and I mean, kids I agree. are 18 to 30 is kind of where I'm, and I'm, I admit that I'm in that window. We're so used to getting every content free period, the end. Go to YouTube, find the album you want, go to Spotify, find the True. album you want for free you don't need the physical thing you know you want a right. sheet and you don't want to write it out yourself type into google whatever song it is lead sheet pdf and you've got it in two seconds and so how do we take that target area of those kids and make them appreciate what the concert is in their setting in their world because the, yeah. the difference here is is that musicians for so long have been operating in a musician's world I go to the concert hall i warm up i perform for the audience members they come to me but now we have to change that so that we are the performers who instead of thinking about just performing our performance now we have to think about okay but how do i engage the person that i'm still trying to give this art form to and that i Mm -hmm. think is the hardest part about all of the live streaming and everything how do i change the way that i perform so that it is applicable to people who expect that same concert performance because i'm willing to bet that the people who are willing to shell out money to go to the concert hall, to go and sit and listen to a performance are still interested if they have access to seeing your performance Mm -hmm. live. It's the people who have not been used to that or that expect that, uh, that we can get things that are are just not gonna care about a live performance Mm -hmm. and they're not gonna treat it like a live performance. Um, Lane, I wanna go back for a second. Something you said uh, was about, you know, kind of breaking down the barrier of uh, class. And how anybody can access a lot of this if you have the internet, and I it hits so close to home because for my students, a lot of them have you know a lot of them have not been to the Southern Theater, they have not seen the Columbus Jazz Orchestra, they have not seen these things, Um, but I was able to in the in the months that I was teaching kids to send out links like crazy for kids to see and experience these things, and that's what I think is so cool about this is that you know we don't have to pay. For every kid to go to these things, these kids can get this experience regardless if they have the money to go and and go see what's going on. So, I really am with you on a pro yeah. for that. I think that's a huge deal. I think that's undervalued in in our world as musicians is uh, the idea of getting our music to everybody, regardless if they can afford to partake in it or not. Um, and that's mm-hmm. that's something that mm-hmm. music has to deal with anyways, whether it's live stream or not. So, I, I'm with you on that. Um, you know, aside from the pros and cons of money we didn't get into this yet, but quality of live streams. Have you guys, have either of you guys seen a live stream and you can mention the show if you want to, Um, that has not had the best audio or video quality and you're immediately, what's your reaction, right? You're immediately like, okay, scroll on, don't care, moving on. Um, You know, is that a pro, is that a con? Do we need to worry about the quality? Does it matter when we're performing? I don't know. Lane, what do you
2: think? Well, I think the idea of quality is really tied into this idea of how do we encourage people to pay for something that they expect to get for free. Um, Right now, I think the music industry as a whole has done a pretty poor job of setting the precedent that, yeah, sure, you can just have this stuff that we need to charge a lot of money for. Um, I think there's a time and a place, the Met Opera example I gave being a great time and place to say, these are old performances we've already completed, we will offer these in this way. Um, but they created a different limited resource. And I think that's what makes any concert experience or any product experience really desirable is that it's a limited, uh, a limited of, it. um, whether it's due to money, you can't buy an infinite amount of Brahms symphony performances by the CSO. Um, you, uh, also in the same way, can't, according to the Met Opera structure, you can't watch Don Giovanni 12 times in the hours limited uh amount of a, like a, that they give you to it um i do think the quality although not a problem across the board because there is a performance for everyone we obviously don't want to discourage anyone from creating and putting out their content in whatever format they feel is best right. um but it's a little bit of a, a box of rocks right now all the rocks are jumbled but the more you shake it the the larger rocks the better quality rocks are gonna to rise to the surface. I love it. <laughs> Um, so I think we're in the shaking period right now where everything's (laughs) a little, and, um, as this situation evolves and as people start to fine tune what they're doing and how they're doing it and how much they're doing of it, um, we're going to start to see that quality become way more of a factor Mm -hmm. and, um, Trying to get people, young people, especially to attend concerts, a lot of it isn't so much about what that music actually is, but more about aesthetics. You can get any young person to buy anything if it has the right aesthetics. Um, That's the marketing director right there pulling it out <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you have to make it look right and people yeah. will buy it or you can tell them that they will look right if they do it um and fortunately with concerts it's the twofold situation you get two angles to kind of encourage people to come and uh, i don't know marketing often gets played as like a sleazy creepy like we're all watching kind of thing um but Unfortunately, arts marketing gets lumped in with that, and we're trying to sell people something that will genuinely benefit their mental well-being, social well-being, like their physical self is improved a lot lot of times through these experiences. Hmm. Um, But uh, going back to what I was focused on, um, that quality thing is one of those... portions of the aesthetic of an experience that really does need to be improved in order for young people to want to buy something. Um, I think a lot of young people expect things to be free, not only because it, um, it's always been free, but also because it doesn't appear different. It doesn't appear different from all these things that they expect to be free. Whereas if you set up a format where Mm. the expectation is different, it's going to have to look a lot different and feel a lot different as you navigate through it. Even if it's still a web experience, right. um, people aren't going to be interested in purchasing something if it appears the same as what they already have. And that's something that pops up a lot of times. I follow a lot of minimalism and minimalist lifestyle people on the internet and they, it's, they have an amazing ability to get people to purchase things that they also offer for free. And a lot of it is this element of what might you be missing if you don't purchase the next portion of it and creating things that are either serial or that have a building effect where you Mm. can learn so much from these four things and then you have to start purchasing more. And it's really easy in that regard to kind of build people towards the idea of a paid experience. And if we translate that to an arts way, it definitely means that we can start with something that looks familiar and gradually work people towards something that maybe doesn't look as familiar, but once they cross that payment threshold or that time threshold or whatever the resource is, they get into an experience that feels wow. familiar, that they love, that they enjoy, and that becomes something they want to return
0: to in a Dude, whole new way that's that was huge all of that was was so huge in the world we 're living in and I want to dive into into that more because you brought a, a huge idea to my head. I want to talk about it in a second, but before we do that, <laughs> we have to take a very short break everybody again, we are sponsored. By Zaftig Brewing Company. Um, many of you have probably seen me and our group, The Brutette, play at Zaftig on Thursdays. We are happy to say that we are working on getting back to that. No official start day on that, but, 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 exciting news The Brutette will be playing live on Saturday from my own residence. So we are going to social distance ourselves, especially Paul. I'm going to stand far away from Paul. Bait- no, I'm scared I love you, Paul. You're awesome. <laughs> um but I'm we invite you myself. <laughs> <laughs> but we are going to invite you to join us as part of this live stream experience on saturday at 6 p.m all right we are going to be right back in just two seconds and i want to talk more lane about this idea that you just brought up so we'll be back in two seconds All right, welcome back, everybody. We uh, had a quick intermission in which we uh, talked about my shirt and how awesome it is. Um, before, before, our, before our break, Lane, you were, you were hitting on some really important things. And you made me come up with this idea of, you know, we really truly need to separate the idea of a live stream performance from the idea of the internet. The internet is the medium, the medium in which we're using the live stream performance, right? But if people are using the internet, what do you do when you're on the internet, right? You're on social media, you're scrolling through it, you have short attention spans, you have all that stuff. So maybe the first step Mm -hmm. in fixing all of this is creating a separation of, yeah, it's a a live stream performance, but maybe we need to host it on another platform that doesn't have to do with that other stuff of the internet. Maybe that's the idea that we catch audience members' attention because they're not just traveling to Facebook to watch this concert where they go every day and they have a short attention span. Maybe we need to go elsewhere and it made me come up with this uh performance that i saw recently um the whirly birds have you guys ever seen or heard of the whirly birds heard of whirly birds are awesome they they play a lot of like 1920s kind of stuff and it's really exciting to hear their their performance and they came on uh, and they said i think on facebook they were like three days out they're like hey in three days we're going to have this live performance it's going to be awesome now granted Shout out to Birds. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much for doing what you do for the community. It's awesome. Um, They were able to have a professional come in and they were socially distant when they were playing, but they shot a backyard concert live stream for free. And they had multiple camera angles and high quality audio and all that. And I think that those are important components if you want to eventually monetize on the idea of live stream performances. But the thing that I thought was so interesting is that they truly meant it to be just a performance not a recording. And so what I mean by that is when they had the live stream set up, they had this whole countdown and everything. You're sitting on your couch like, whoa, okay. Okay. I got a minute left. All right. I'm going to go get my snacks. I'm going to go get my drinks. I'm going to go do whatever. Okay. Now we're down to 30 seconds. I'm getting excited. I have no idea what's going to happen when this countdown comes off. It could be a balloon popping. I don't know. It looks, I want to know what this is. And, And you get down to zero and all of a sudden there they are, the live musicians, right? And from the Mm -hmm. first moment of that, the anticipation, the buildup of that was so exciting that I was willing to give myself 10 minutes to listen to what they had to play. And because they're great musicians, it was incredible music. It was awesome. And I watched the whole show, but I think what was so special about it is it wasn't on Facebook forever. It was Mm -hmm. only live and you could only see them live. And so what they're doing is building an audience, right? Mm -hmm. If you're somebody who said, I wanted to go see that, Thinking I'll be able to watch it later if I want to scroll through it, and then finding there we oh sorry my computer's acting up on me it was weird I had this big moment and then it moved and then finding out later you know I missed it oh crap I need I need to make sure that I actually watch the live performance next time and that blows my mind because almost mm-hmm. everybody on the internet who's live streaming live streams through Facebook through YouTube through Instagram whatever they're doing and the video stays and I think that's part of the problem of the culture that we need to fix. In a musical performance, we don't want that content to be there forever. We want you to be there with us experiencing it, not just whenever you want, you know? Have you guys ever seen anything like that? Or is this like brand new idea to you? Dead space. I've seen I love a couple it.
2: of things like that. It, it's all yeah. about creating a sense of urgency. And like yes. you said, you know, the countdown idea is really important. Um, whether it's a marketing countdown where you see a series of ads that tell you, like, this is happening in two weeks, this is happening in one week, this is happening in one day. Um Or whether it's a physical clock that um, is reposted and creates urgency. And there's a few things that create urgency like that. Time is one. Um, A little bit of mystery is one, which I think Mm. is one of the things that makes a concert hall or a closed venue, which the internet is not a closed venue, um, important is because people want to know what happens in that space. And if you're standing outside on the sidewalk looking at the Ohio Theater and you've never been inside, you have to wonder what that looks like Mm. and what that space is just based on the facade of it. Are and you saying so, my
0: living room is not entertaining enough and not enough people want to know what my living room looks like to tune in? Is that I mean, what
2: you're saying? I <laughs> as someone who has viewed your living room, I can say that I was entertained in the living room, but I was not entertained by the living
1: room. Uh, <laughs> but Good.
0: Your
2: living Sorry. room is a compelling concert venue, I, I must say. Um, <laughs> Thank
1: you. Thank you.
2: But uh, yeah, that element of creating something that people have to get over, get past, get through, or like last a span of time in order to receive the thing, that's a form of payment as well. Mm. And that kind of bears your audience. What you were talking about with the internet being a free, wild, open frontier of listening opportunities that makes everything have zero value is really important. I mean, it's the difference between... um, purchasing a billboard and putting up a yard sign as to uh, to putting an ad in a concert program. If you're looking at how you want to present your things to the world, you can present to anyone and you could probably get more people to see your thing if you put up a yard sign on a busy street. But those people might not care at all about what you're doing. And so you're not really getting to the people who want to see the thing that you're doing and so I think another important part of this is going to be how to reach the specific audience we think is going to be interested in purchasing a concert is maybe on the fence interested in the music but not interested in the payment and maybe has enough income that they can be coerced into the payment for the first time before they realize that it's actually very worthwhile um and then there's people that may never want to come to a concert, but experience one of these things by accident. And that's where the idea of quality starts to not matter. Um, There are plenty of, I mean, the internet sensations of, uh, oh, what is that called? Where you're all in a public space and you all like spontaneously do music. I don't know what
0: websites you view but it's (laughs) (laughs) flash Yes flash mobs, sorry.
2: uh, When flash mobs took over the internet and that was a big thing, there were people exposed to that uh, through the internet, not necessarily in person, who had no interest in attending a concert but suddenly had to attend a concert as part of the culture. (laughs) And um, I think there were quite a few people we hadn't really thought about like, oh, symphony musicians could just be among us. They're just people. Mm. This is very interesting. It's very humanizing to a group of people who often are seen as like that's them and this is everyone else. Um, And so that's also an important component is not only the placement, but recognizing that sometimes that lack of placement has a purpose too. Um, And it may not be a purpose worth throwing a lot of money at, like a social media campaign that you spend a ton of money just for free Facebook videos. That doesn't help many people. No, it might help right. that your people who wouldn't attend a concert otherwise, but might right. become interested. But what your main audience is going to want is an experience somewhere in between good quality, reasonable rate or reasonable expectation of what resources they have to commit, whether it's time or anticipation or whatever the sacrifice is in order to see the thing. Hmm. Um, and you—you've know, uh, you, been talking,
0: yeah. You—you've been talking about this idea of this—the this spontaneity of of these performances this is part of the mystery, is what you're talking about. The mystery of performances—that's mm-hmm. what catches audience members. Um, and I don't know if either of you have seen this. I—I I was hip to it today because of uh, Governor DeWine's press conference. But there's a Facebook page I think called Quarantoon Events, something or other like that. I just um, saw that, yeah. Yeah, with, with a whole bunch of Columbus musicians who are friends together on this Facebook page creating music. And so, Lane, as you mm-hmm. were discussing this idea of the billboard and discussing the idea of the yard sign, you know, I love those, those analogies, but I am curious in the internet world um, how we can relate to that. And, and my thought is, you know it would be really cool is if there was a website or a Facebook page like this Facebook page where live performances went live on that page and that page only. So if Mm -hmm. I was a fan of bluegrass music, which I'm not, but no offense, bluegrass people, you're great. I highly appreciate you. But if I, if I was looking for bluegrass music or whatever, a big fan of bluegrass music and I went to this Facebook page and I started scrolling and saw three different live performances I could tune into all of a sudden I'm willing to see what the heck's going on. And all of a sudden you're growing a fan base from that. Mm -hmm. I, I think that that is an insane idea of basically taking this idea of the billboard or the yard sign and turning it into the electronic version. You know, we all see advertising and things like that, but I will tell you nine times out of 10, when I'm on Facebook and I see that someone's going live, I'll tune in for 10 seconds. And in those 10, Mm -hmm. you have 10 seconds to catch me in those 10 seconds. If it's, if it's great, I'm excited. I'm, I'm sold. I'll watch it. If it's not great, I'll move on to the next thing. But that's the same idea of a yard sign. That's the same idea of a billboard. You're giving that yeah. advertisement and, and it's more than just a picture or just a Facebook event that you say you're going to go to and then never go to. Because guess what? Everybody in the real world, when you created Facebook events, what'd they do? Every last one of them said, interested, and then never showed up to your gig. Sure. Yeah. And, and that's how it is. And, and we're living that same world now, virtually. So how do we fix that? And I, I think that's important. So, you know, obviously our, our whole topic tonight is on live streams and, you know, are they successful? Or are they not successful? And, and ultimately, what can we do to change that? Jay, I want to come to you and I want to ask you, you know, what, what do you think? What, what's the biggest thing out of everything we've talked about tonight? What's the biggest thing that you think needs to happen in order to change this live stream performance perspective?
1: Well, uh, I'm, I'm not, a, I'm not, a, I'm not completely down in the dumps, you know, I'm, I'm yeah. not, a, I'm not a, like the world is over guy.
0: Right. Right. Um, I know eventually we're going to get like the wheels are going to be back on the road and we're going to be okay. We're going to be, uh, you know, and it does we, look like that's going to be sooner rather than later, but I'm just talking about in this. I But, but,
1: but, but, but yeah, it's, so I just, but, but to me, you you asked me like what my bottom line is. It's yeah. can a person who's not grant funded monetize their time, monetize their gift. Uh, that's that's the thing to me cuz mo- m- most of the people i know are not necessarily funded by a, a, an organization that's got you know like that are people are not getting paid if they're not performing right, right. they're not salaried musicians so that to me is the bottom line it's like yeah we can we can like have fun and goof off on, on for free on the internet like, all our lives if we want to but if you want to do the, if you want to be a serious musician you have to figure out a way and i really like that i really like your idea of like having like a hub Corey. that yeah. maybe that's yeah. there's some kind of you made me think of artist share yeah that, um, oh. that's kind of like artist share was there before kickstarter and indiegogo and stuff like that and artist share is a magnificent product for people and um and it's it's sort of like there are like levels of membership on there and this goes into what lane was saying too you know there's an an anticipation you know like oh wow bob brookmeyer god rest his soul Mm. bob brookmeyer is writing a new he's he's writing a new album you can get it on a 25 five dollar level and when it's done you'll get a recording yeah um you could get in and, and it, all them in, in, in between the time like in three months while well, you pay the money and then for the next three months you can like go out there and bob's like tossing you little emails and stuff like that you know yeah. little videos yeah. and stuff uh for a, you know 75 you can have you can get like uh pr- like you can get a private screening of the actual like event of them like recording Damn. recording session day yeah. for $150 you get an autographed score plus you get that video thing plus you get a mug or a tote bag I don't know so it's like so there's yeah. like levels levels of membership all the way up to like Bob will give you composition lessons yeah. and so it's yeah. like so there's a, there's something that you pay for you know and something that and, and it's like and maybe you'll only maybe the first time you just get in at that low level but once you see like the value of the other things that you can get you're going to get deeper with it you know Heck yeah. so that that's that's something that we're all gonna have to think about It's just like how to um you know how to how to make it all how to make it all pay, I guess is the way and it has to be engaging like you were saying like I'll watch anything for ten seconds right. you know but you know but th- if it's not engaging me i'm I'm off of it. I'm just like every other kid.
0: Well, I think that has to do with expectations of the audience members too, right you know if okay. if you're expecting an artist to be, entertaining then then yeah the artist should be entertaining so if our job if we're if we're truly depending on making a living right now in this world that we're doing this with we need to understand what the audience expectations are right should i perform at my top should i should i hit live stream when i know i'm not ready to play that piece just because i want to play that piece maybe that's not okay maybe i need to say okay i need to keep working because i need to treat this more serious because the audience is expecting that from me Um, Yeah, I I think that goes back to culture. But I love the idea of having that central hub and and talking about different levels. I'll never forget. I bought Zach Jones's uh, album that came out uh, about a year ago. Um, It's an amazing album. If you're listening and haven't listened to Zach's uh, original music, it's incredible. The whole story behind it was great. But I was a sucker. I subscribed because the entry level was if you subscribe, you get the album on a cd but i was like no no i want to go above that so i got the vinyl but when you purchase the vinyl you also get a bunch of cat selfies with zach and i'm telling you i was sold i was like i'm gonna be mailed physically in the mail photos of zach jones who's a good friend of mine taking pictures with his cat are you kidding me i absolutely take my money i don't care about it take my money Um, and and that's the creative side of this that we need to tap more into we need to be more creative because what you're doing is you're not only learning about the artist's music you're learning about the artist as a person and i think that's the really cool part of this opportunity is it allows for more audience participation in performances and you get to know the performer more intimately than you did when they're on a stage and you're further away i think that Mm -hmm. that is a pro um, and, and you're making me getting really excited about this, Jay. I, I'm getting really excited about some of these ideas and collaborating on these. Now, Lane, uh, what about you? What do you think the bottom line is for this to be successful moving forward, or something that you think we might need to change for live streams? Where are you at with that?
2: Well, I kind of am in the same, uh, in a lot of ways, the same mind as Jay about uh, how the necessity of separating a good live stream of a performance from general social media traffic. Um, Social media, of course, is a great place to stick up your, um, your promotional material regarding a live stream, but it's not the best place to host a live stream because like you said, an artist has ten seconds to make an impression. It's your elevator pitch, and you apparently during a live stream have to be making that elevator pitch the entire <laughs> <Absolutely. performance.
1: laughs> uh, it's, You can't
2: you can't you
0: get up and, and walk out in a concert hall. You can get up whenever you want on your couch. Yeah, that's so true.
2: Yeah, and the difference. <laughs> yeah, we Jordan were kind of talking about this the other <laughs> the other night. But uh, it's easy to be distracted at home too when you're watching a performance. Um, or when you're watching, let's say you're watching a movie, if you didn't have to pay for that movie, or if it's on Netflix, which seems free in this day and age to a lot of us, um, or maybe is, um, (laughs) like maybe half of a movie you really wanted to watch, you're looking at your phone, you go to the bathroom, you check on whatever, like things that need to be done around the house, Um, you probably miss 45% of the movie, um, because you didn't have to pay for it whereas if you're in a movie theater the culture is you sit down you shut up you put your phone away and you enjoy the experience yeah. and um it's all expected everybody's doing it together um and so i think we kind of have to in the hub way uh find first of all better platforms where free hosting websites things like um like wix and um WordPress and all these things need to have better tools for people to be able to host live experiences from their site. Um, And maybe even also those low level um, websites you do have to pay for and builders that you do have um, more options with that are a little bit more pricey. Um, But nobody really has a great model for that of how do I host a live video on my website um it's not really a thing right now that functions very well and it's certainly not something that is easy to monetize easy to set up um it's not very user friendly to the average person who just found out this might become a necessity um so that's kind of one step and then taking that traffic away from social media and that's where the quality thing comes back again it has to be pretty darn compelling to get you to click away from twitter into somebody's website um If the video is just there and you see like, oh, it's only 30 seconds of my life, people will spend 30 seconds of their life doing anything. But what we have to sell is that first 30 seconds and then make that 30 seconds on the site and experience and not just the video, but the whole experience of being on this site, aesthetically and emotionally so enjoyable that you spend 25 minutes there. Um, Or maybe you discover different parts of the site that leads you to purchase more Uh, from that
0: yeah then you can monetize on that you're 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 talking about these points that are so important for for musicians and i think you know the community that we have we're lucky because the the venues the people we see the people we interact with where we truly have embraced we're all in this together and people are networking in ways they haven't networked before Um, but i couldn't help but freak out a little bit in my head many just for a second um because what you're talking about having this this easier access to this website all of this maybe we missed the biggest part which is what device are you watching this concert on right like if i'm watching on a laptop or my phone i'm easily going to get distracted but if it's on my television i'm more entertained and that's what i, I mean that's what i did with the Whirly birds and maybe that's why it was more entertaining to me is it felt like a true concert that i was watching live so what <laughs> you just told me lane is if we could get in contact with local cable stations, like NBC, you know, 10 TV, all of that, and create a concert night in Columbus, where for two hours, the live performance are these groups, obviously, you'd have to audition for it and do whatever. But for the foreseeable future, what a great venue almost everybody's got a television in their house, regardless if, if you know, you're, wherever you're living, almost everybody's got a television, except for you, Lane, I know, I love you, Lane, you're wonderful. Yeah, I was gonna but, say, <laughs> I don't have internet. But, <laughs> but, but you're, you're incredible. But almost everybody's got that and everybody's got maybe the basic television package that gives you the same four or five channels. You know, what a great way to grow your audience um, to, to mm-hmm. perform live with the help of these other companies that could directly help you out whether you're getting paid or not if they say you know we're going to volunteer 30 minutes of our time for your band we're going to have someone back in the studio hitting the buttons so that when it's live they can do all that for you you don't have to worry about it and you know it, it doesn't mean that you have to have high quality professional equipment either mm-hmm. um if you have an entertain, you know obviously you'd have to pre-record or whatnot and send it in so that they can pick who they're going to have play but I mean, what better way to interact with your community than to see all of the live musicians on a platform that almost everybody has? I think that's important. I think that if we are going to be successful in this live stream world, what device we watch or view our stuff on, it has to be important. Um, and we have to make that conscious decision. Uh, but man, Wow, guys, all the things we talked about tonight, this is incredible. Just, just <laughs> We could talk for days on this subject, but unfortunately we, we can't we're running out of our time here again the zoom police are going to come and get me and kick me off which is which is great guys i have had so much fun talking to you but it's not done yet because we are going to our last segment which is segment number four and this is also sponsored by jazzcolumbus.com and jazzcolumbus.com is great because it has artists uh who live in the community talking about the community Uh, it's a blog it's a video website it's an everything and the guys zach and alex do an amazing job keeping that up to date um, for everybody so if you're enjoying this show please please go to jazzcolumbus.com to check out what else is going to be happening near you so the last segment of our show is the artist tune of the week and because we are taking a a one week break uh, news alert audience members um, we're gonna take a one week break uh, because I'm reorganizing this so that it can be given to you on a better platform. And I'm getting excited about that, but I can't give you too much information. Um, but because we are, I wanna hear from almost everybody today, if if they're willing, on what tune they've been listening to or inspired by or something that you think our audience should go check out. Um, so Lane, I'm gonna go to you first, my friend. What What do you got for us for tune of the week this week?
2: Oh well, tune of the week this week is actually uh, a little bit brought to you by um, by Nick Mays. Yeah, um, Nick Mays. <laughs> uh, so yeah, he's doing a uh, Spotify Music League. Speaking of platforms that provide a lot of things for basically free, um, <laughs> Spotify. <laughs>
1: Music
0: Accurate.
2: <League>. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, But uh, the theme for, I think it was a couple days ago, was uh, a song that feels like a hug, and everyone submitted uh, Uh, something. my submission for that I struggled with long and hard as an avid hugger of all things Bob Dylan. Think uh, of <laughs> <laughs> me submitting Bob Dylan, and um, so I did. Uh, return to my love of Billie Holiday's "I'll Be Seeing You," and that really feels very poignant and like a truly good hug that we're all missing out on right now. Heck yeah. Uh, the, uh, the familiar places and all that, really, uh, it hits home these days. So it's very nice to um, to put that on in the evening and just relax and kind of know that things are upside down, but uh, like you said, Jay, I mean, we're going to get the wheels on the bus soon, and I think we have to rebuild the bus before we do that.
1: Unfortunately, the bus is rolling while we build it.
2: <laughs> okay a little bit of like a mash situation it sounds like that that uh,
0: whole analogy right there man (laughs) man, yeah no kidding when when I was getting interviewed I'm not going to say what school district it was I did not end up working there but when I was getting interviewed um, one of my questions was okay so we operate this way we're like a boat in the water but the boat hasn't been built yet and it's your job to build the boat as we're going downstream and I was like See you later, adios. I don't want to, but that's so right. You're right. We have to build the bus in order to get back on it. Um, I love that, Lane. I love that a lot, and I think that every Brace viewer, up. listener can relate to the fact that everybody needs something uh, at night just to get them going for the next day. Some days, it is music that gets me up the next day, and I think that's what's so special about what we do. Jay, what about you? What's mm-hmm. what's something you've been listening to a lot too lately?
1: Oh, I got out my old. Um, the reason Bob Brookmeyer popped into my head. Uh, earlier um there, he did this great recording with uh yeah, oh my gosh it's all of miles davis's second rhythm section so uh now i'm gonna blank watch now, now the pressure's on so ron carter herbie hancock oh my god and, uh man. tony williams so it's all these the, the young punks man. um or sorry sorry Evan, Evan, uh, no no i'm blowing this Jones is playing drums. It's like oh, okay. 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 I'm, I'm conflating a I'm conflating okay. a couple it's of things. Okay. But it's this really like this really like modern hip uh, rhythm section, and they're playing these really subtle tunes with Bob Brookmeyer and Stan Getz on this this recording. Oh, I was, oh. I've been trying to learn a tune called "The Peacocks" by Jimmy Rawls, and, and um, that's that's. Um, Th- there's there's a bunch of stuff in my head right now. It's like oh, there's this web of things that I'm trying to think of. Jimmy Roll sometimes so, for some reason popped into my head. Anyway, I was trying it's to like, learn the Peacocks. Uh, That's the song. You should learn. <laughs> should check out the, pe- the Peacocks. Is one of the most magnificent pieces of jazz, and no one plays it because it's really difficult. Um, but it's absolutely gorgeous. The bridge is is breathtaking. Yeah. Oh, it's an AABA yeah. form, the bridge is absolutely breathtaking. The most unlikely notes in that melody, it's magnificent.
2: The Peacocks,
0: Jimmy Rowls. When we hang up, that's what I'm gonna yes. check out. Now, Jay, I gotta ask, so was that when they were all super young? We're talking about Herbie and, and all of them. Was yeah. that when they were like really new to the scene, kind of, with that?
1: Yeah, the, 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 the record's called Some Time Ago. And I might be, I'm, again, I'm probably like that's okay. conflating things. That's right. I, I feel like i'm all i feel like i'm well, listen listen if jazz musician <laughs> the governor won't let me
0: it looks like you have a jumpsuit on right now as you're saying that um but
1: <laughs> I, was, I was cleaning up by the by the highway earlier today
2: <laughs> I thought, uh, yeah when jay first got on i was like oh okay, <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs>
0: Wow. You guys are great. Well, Hey, you know, I, I've got one tune this week. This is something, you know, normally I don't give my input, but this is, this is one that I've been going back to a lot that I don't think a lot of people know or have in their library. Um, a long time ago, Louis Armstrong did a, an album with a great, great group of people and it's called Louis and the good book. Uh, and that album itself is him doing a whole bunch of spirituals and hymns. Um, and playing over them and I'm not a very I'll be the first to admit I'm not a very very spiritual person um, in the sense of organized religion and whatnot but but these tunes for whatever reason center me and bring me back Um, and so the one for me is is go down Moses and and it is just like the traditional church sense but it's Louis Armstrong leading this group doing it and it's like it's an it's an hour and a half of church that you're sitting in that is just like blowing my mind um, but not, en- <laughs> not enough people, I think, know this album. And, and it is an incredible album. Again, Louie and the Good Book. Um, it's actually also on Spotify. Not that I always advocate Spotify, but it is on Spotify. And it is absolutely incredible. He sings through it. He plays through it. Uh, there's some some fun, like, harmony, like, barbershop quartet stuff in it as he's playing. I mean, it's, it's just not normal Louie. And it's awesome. So highly recommend that. Cool. Absolutely, guys. Well, uh, here we I'm are. Here. In the final segment of our show with Jay and Lane, today's show again, all about the... here. Yep, yep, there's the Zoom police. Ten minutes, I knew it. Um, but this show is all about live streaming. Ironically, we didn't live stream this, uh, but it will be available on our Facebook and also on all podcasting platforms. Um, we are so, so excited. And I say we, I mean the Brutette, um, my friends of mine, Dean, uh, Paul and will we can't wait to get back to playing for you we are going to be playing for you saturday at my residence you are not allowed to be on residence there is somebody with a taser i will not say who it is but if you are not if you don't have your credentials you're out so that's how it works i'm just saying
1: um
0: but we are excited to perform for you that'll be on saturday um may what is that may 30th is that right am i doing right with my i think so i think think that's right. right yeah uh, amazing things too that you'll find on the internet jazz arts groups does an amazing job. We actually interrupted Zach Comston's show tonight. Well, we couldn't watch all of it because we were doing this during that, but Zach Comston interviewed Von Weester and I personally am going to go back and check that entire interview out because talk about legends in Columbus Vaughn is, is the legend. And so Highly recommend checking out all of their live stream videos that they have. Now they're starting to do live performances. I know last week it was with uh, Byron and Bobby. They did a live performance, and that was sweet. Just seeing people in the same room playing together just means, I think, that much to all of us. So definitely check them out. Uh, you know, check for everybody. Um, you know, Natalie's is starting to host people as well. Nat- there are a bunch of venues that are starting to host bands, whether they're live back at their place or they're online. Fabulous. So there, there's a lot of good things looking up for us. We just got to be safe and be careful. So ladies and gentlemen, like I said, I'm going to take a, a week off because I'm done with school and like the song goes, school's out for summer and possibly for fall, <laughs> who knows. Um, and we will try. <laughs> we will try our best. To reorganize our show a little bit. Um, you're still going to be able to get the same content and the same ideas, but it should be a little easier for you to access them. Jay, thank you so incredibly much for being here with us for the entire month of May and letting me pick My your pleasure. brain. My pleasure. Thank we you. Are, we are for sure going to have you back every now and then to, to pick your brain some more. And Lane, thank you so incredibly much for joining us. I think your show was so important. I think a lot of people will... Take what you had to say, what we all had to discuss, and uh, it, it'll encourage a lot of people. So thank you, Lane, for being here yeah, this evening.
1: Thank you, absolutely, Lane.
0: All right, folks. As always, do me a huge favor. Make sure that you stay totally sane in your house and don't go crazy. Have an amazing week. See ya later.